Now, the first couple of Texas Radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Bill. Well, we are Bill and Allison on a Veterans Day, a rainy Veterans Day. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly rainy, but it's, well, it's over, got some sprinkles out there, and it's a little muddy, and uh, so. got to watch the roads, that kind of thing. So this is Veterans Day to make sure you thank a vet. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all veterans for your service to our country. And uh, we've got a lot to say about veterans and how, they, how this country treats them on this program. But first of all, we want to remind you that we are sometimes wrong. But we're always right. We're always right. Fighting a never-ending battle for truth, justice. And the American way. And the American way. We're never politically correct here, the Bill and Allison Show, or any of our fine hosts on the Hill Country Patriot, which is your information station, by the way. But we are proudly... We're all non-binary. We are binary. We are proudly non-binary. But we try to be biblically correct as well. I'm a native Texan. Allison, you are a... Native American. Native American. That's mm-hmm. right. In all senses of the word. I, actually, mm-hmm. my, my first name, my real first name, mm-hmm. is Indian. Indian Allison Mencaro? No, when, my first name is Winona. Ah. It's Indian. I knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, growing up, I was told it, it meant beautiful waters. Mm. And when I was a kid, um, a neighbor found a poem that was written about winona and he translated it mm-hmm. from whatever language it was written in and unfortunately i don't have it anymore hmm. well maybe a, a listener can send it to you <laughs> winona there's a winona minnesota uh-huh. isn't there probably other states have. i think winona. so too i think so oh, well, very good and then winona she spells it with a y though i know yeah also she pronounces it winona oh uh, that's true well we like to begin our program with a verse, and this is an, uh, from Ephesians chapter 6. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That has a lot of application, and it's saying that the people, and I, th- I think that the, what we are seeing in the news uh, the hatred toward uh, Jews, for example, that just seems to have been just below the surface and all it took was the uh, Hamas terrorism to, I mean, ha- Harvard students are attacking mm-hmm. Jews. I mean, it's mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a woman, a uh, congresswoman uh, who's a Muslim has been, has been censured. Mm-hmm. Uh, that The Congress voted to censure her um, for... What exactly was it said? She said she, she, she endorsed this idea of from the river to the sea, which is uh, the Hamas Palestinian uh, slogan. Language for wiping out Israel. Wipe out Israel, because if you if you make a Palestinian state uh, from the from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, that's Israel, mostly as is Israel. So it would wipe it out. And she was censored for endorsing that. She was also directly asked by Peter Ducey uh, uh, if she condemned the. Uh, murdering of infants and she refused to answer that question mm-hmm. so she was censured which censure means uh, <laughs> i'm afraid i know a lot about how censure. <laughs> Goodness, uh, so does allison but uh, we, we both worked on capitol hill for the u.s house of representatives for a number of years and uh, my boss was censured 
and it's a very rare thing. Uh, there, there are three levels of discipline in the U.S. House. Uh, there is uh, reprimand, censure, or expulsion. And uh, the uh, censure, re- reprimand is simply, uh, well, it's a reprimand. It's, it's, it's an official statement by the House, but the member of the House who is reprimanded doesn't have to do anything. Uh, with a censure, you have to, if you're the person being censured, you have to walk down to the well of the House, which is the front, in front of the Speaker's podium, and face the members of the House while the censure is being read. It's a very, supposed to be a very embarrassing and humbling event for you because you've done something very bad. Uh, my, my boss uh, had an affair with a 17-year-old page when he was 42 years old, or 45 or something. So uh, that was, and he had a and he had six wife kids. and six kids. <laughs> so uh, that was enough to get him censured. Uh, I don't know if they do that anymore for that, for that uh, uh, activity, uh, act. <laughs> but, uh, so that's it, and the other is expulsion from the house, and that's, very, that's even more rare, of course. Uh, but she could have been expelled if they wanted mm-hmm. to. And they're showing um, to members only. What? Yes? Can't finish it? A a, a video taken during the Hamas attack on Israelis, and it shows them killing babies. Yeah, they beheaded babies and and cheered about it, laughed about it. Mm Mm-hmm. This is kind of evil people they are. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, so the question is, is she going to, to attend that viewing? You know she won't. Yeah. You well, know she oh, sure. <clears throat> By the way, there was, there is. Well, but, but, but before, uh, look, right. Let's continue about that video. It has been shown to, I guess, members of parliament in, in Britain, and uh, most of them couldn't stand to watch it. So, again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. If you don't believe in the, that there is a Satan, that, there, that Satan exists, that there are demons, that people can be demonically influenced, if not outright possessed, you're, you're living in a fool's paradise. Um, these people are demonically, at the least demonically influenced. Now, are they all aware of it? No. Mostly they're not aware of it. Uh, but how else would you approve of the beheading of infants and torturing of, of women and children and men and that. the nations we have to recognize that the nations including the United States regard the Bible and the rule of God increasingly with hatred and that's becoming so obvious particularly uh, well it's becoming so obvious uh, but I was going to say particularly with the Democrat Party I mean you got to say it, the Dem- Democrats uh, increasingly are proving that they hate God. I mean, they pass uh, re- Republicans, many Republicans too, um, call them rhinos, Republicans in name only, but uh, they pass laws contrary to God's law. They persecute his people. Look at look what the Biden uh, administration is doing to Christians. Um, they prohibit the Bible to be taught. It used to be taught in school, mm-hmm. and we didn't have school shootings. And we used to have prayers. We used to have prayer in school. In a public school. In public schools. That's right. And uh, we take the Bible out of school and look at the results. You take prayer out of school, look at the results. Uh, They prohibit Christian holidays to be celebrated in in public schools or government schools. But they encourage the teaching of the Koran, the Muslim Koran. They celebrate Muslim holidays. They celebrate homosexuality and 
so-called transgenderism. So whatever name you want to put on it, uh, you know, I, it's progressive. I hate that word. I mean, <laughs> progress is good, isn't it? People like progress. Well, so the left is uh, the left is master, our masters of the rhetoric. You know, the other side is not very good at that. Uh, so they they come up with words and progressivism. They call themselves progressive. Well, the only thing progressive about the left is that it progresses towards Satan's agenda. You know, but all of these names: diversity, democratic socialism, liberalism, liberalism. Toleration, open-mindedness, humanism, secularism, political correctness. They have all these words. That's the religion of the United States and most of the world today, and it's at war with Christ and his body on earth, the church. You know, there is no one world, and I think this Hamas thing proved it. We're all not uh, one world, and we all have different paths to God. That is a lie. That is a lie of Satan. You know, all this talk about diversity and toleration is just a smokescreen. It's an attempt to make you feel guilty that you're not open to their demonic agenda. You know, if you look at the history of nations, the, first they cry toleration, and then when they gain power, they purge the Christians. It's happened over and over and over again in civil governments and in churches. Well, there's a very interesting book, if you're, if you're interested in the subject, called Cross Fingers by Dr. Gary North. And that's indispensable if you want to understand how the enemies of Christ work in the church. You know, they, they've been very successful in getting Christians to tolerate, then accept, then allow as leaders, finally to ordain people who disagree with the Bible. Then they ordain homosexuals, then bisexuals, then transgenders, and whatever else our sin-filled world can dredge up. And at the same time, they are doing this, and this includes the mainline churches, making the Christians in the pews feel guilty and, quote, unloving because they don't like this. They're, because they have reservations about people with what they call alternative lifestyles, you know, even though the Bible clearly says that acting on such desires is sin. So there's another campaign, a top-down warfare is being waged with greater success. It's been won in almost every public school and every seminary to purge the Bible-believing teachers and replace them with those with... I saw a picture the other day of a drag queen teaching an elementary school class. Wow. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I have a story coming up shortly about uh, your tax dollars going to LGBTQ product um, activities all, all over the world, not just here. Tax dollars. Tax dollars. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be talking about that yeah. shortly. Yeah, well, they've taken over the seminaries, the schools, the news media, and it's all part of Satan's strategy. To, to flat out, I'll say it. It's part of Satan's strategy, whether you believe that or not. Uh, you know, believe me now or believe me later. Uh, and he's been largely successful. The schools are where children are indoctrinated. The seminaries are where future pastors are indoctrinated. The news media is where most people get their information. So when you control the seminaries, you control the churches. When you control the news media, you control people's thoughts and how they vote. And when you control the schools, you control the next generation. It's called The Long March Through the Institutions. Uh, and if you haven't read Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, do it, because that's one of their Bibles. Well, I, I, so they're, they are, they're at war with you, Christian. Make no mistake of that. 
I was talking to a good friend of ours just the other day, and he lives in Virginia, and he was depressed about about the election election outcomes um, because one that apparently a Republican had been expected to win the Barack Obama backed candidate uh, won, and I said to him, I said, why why do people hate Jews so much? All of us seemingly all of a sudden, and he said because so many Muslims have have come into our country. And they're gaining political power. And he said, that's it. Which I, I guess I'd never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, not, we should make it clear that not all Muslims hate Jews. Right, right. And yeah. some Muslims, are very, we, we, we have friends who are Muslims. Mm-hmm. And, and they're very nice people. But it's the, the radicals that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're, I don't remember, I've read a percentage, but it's, I won't guess at it. But uh, there is a percentage, and it's pretty high, of Muslims who do believe uh, in this Hamas stuff, and they're, well, they're showing that they they support Hamas. They look at all these marches and everything. By the way, um, yeah, there were, it was last week there were over a hundred thousand people marching in uh, Washington D.C. and they went to the White House. They stormed the White House and they threw objects at the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. They tried to get through the gates. They, uh, they weren't successful, but, but, but they do, defaced do you, the do you, monuments. Do you suppose they were thrown in prison like the January 6th um, no. people? No, they weren't. Who, some they of weren't. whom are still in pr- oh, yeah. prison? They've been in prison for how many years now? Mm-hmm. Uh, never being brought to trial. And what I understand is the conditions are horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guards are horrible. Um, but the people who tried to break into the White House, they were trying to bang down the gates they defaced mm-hmm. they, they're throwing rocks and god knows what else at the secret service um protecting the white house uh and it hasn't come out yet but i'll bet you anything that they rushed uh joe biden and the key officials uh to safety to a safety bunker oh, of course they did um and they defaced uh, monuments outside the white house with pro-palestine pro-hamas uh, stuff have you read about any of them being arrested no not a single one no not a single one. No, and they you, don't tell me they don't know who they are. They got in front of the White House. You don't think they have security cameras? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and facial exactly. recognition. Exactly. Exactly. And facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, on on a lighter note, <laughs> could could we get to a lighter note? It is Veterans Day, by the way. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. We're we're pleased to honor all veterans. We got a lot to say about Veterans Day today. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got back from a trip, and uh, we spent the night. Was it last night? I can't remember. <laughs> yes, it was last night in Van Horn. <laughs> in Van Horn, uh, we stayed at the El Capitan Hotel, which was built in 1930. Mm-hmm. And Henry Troost, T-R-O-O-S-T, was, was the, the architect, architect of that. And the El Pizano in uh, Marfa. Marfa. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they look exactly the same, pretty much. But it's in a, a sentence. <laughs> they look exactly the same, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. But uh, obviously, this show is not scripted. What can I say? <laughs> we we stay at the El Capitan on a uh, regular basis uh, when we are going out in that that direction, and it's an absolutely beautiful hotel. It's been meticulously restored to its original beauty. And oh, you walk in. It's you think you're back in the 1930s or 40s. You walk in, and they're playing 1940s music, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just. Uh, magical Mm -hmm. and van horn in case you've never driven that far out i-10 uh van horn is to a two-hour drive either way to the closest walmart yeah yeah you can go to to el paso two hours one way or port stockton two hours the other way Uh so 
So, so we figure people just order things, which brings up a point. Um, the Blue Origin, if you're familiar with, with Blue Origin, um, that's the company that uh, launches rockets into space. Well, not, they don't go into outer space, but they go into inner space. Uh, their launch site is about 25 miles uh, north of Van Horn. And uh, when um, the team, the team from Blue Origin, they, they live out in Washington State. They don't they don't live in Van Horn, but they, they come out for launches. And uh, the owner of the company is Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, and uh, that said that they stay at our hotel. Amazon. Well, I, I was just going to say he also owns Amazon, and when we were che- checking in at the desk, I was talking to the to the clerk about um, about Blue Origin, and she said, she said, you know, Jeff Bezos is here on a regular basis, and she said, I feel like going up and asking him, how come I can't get my Prime shipments in two days? Because <laughs> <laughs> you live in Van Horn, exactly. That's Exactly, uh, and uh, well, can you imagine sitting in a restaurant? And it's a it's a little restaurant. I don't oh, know yeah. how many turning on fifteen tables or something. And oh, there's Jeff Bezos next to you uh-huh, in, in uh-huh. this little tiny dusty town. Yeah, and we, we were there. Um, oh, might have been a year or two ago, and uh, we were sitting in the in the lounge, and we could see a gentleman um, standing up and talking to a group of much younger people, all wearing Blue Origin polo shirts. And so, so when he, he walked out, he, he went by us, and I said, oh, excuse me, are you with Blue Origin? And he said, are you with the press? <laughs> <laughs> Not in a friendly way. And, and I, said, I said, I'm just a, a fan of, of well, uh, lunch. you didn't lie, because at the time, you were not, we were not was, doing the radio show. Right. So. Um, but, uh, no, I didn't lie. But uh, I said, I'm just a huge fan of, um, you know, space exploration. And uh, I said, I, we would love to, to see a launch. And he said, well, you can't. They're not open to the public. And I said, well, what if we just <laughs> just drive down the road and park on the side of the road? And he said, the, he said the sheriff would make you move. But uh, anyway, we because all of, the, all of those Blue Origin people were there, we knew that there was going to be a launch coming up soon. And they, they don't publicize them. And the only place you can watch them is on their at their website, and we were able to figure out when it was, and we were able to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and apparently, uh, what the front desk told me is that uh, they think there's going to be a launch in the next couple of weeks. Oh, here, it just they mm-hmm. just told you that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not mm-hmm. hear that. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, we talked to the fellow. We talked to was Nick Patrick, and uh, he he actually uh, was an astronaut. Um, looked him up on Wikipedia. He was the first uh, astronaut from the United Kingdom. Uh, so it was a great honor to have the opportunity to meet Nick Patrick. Okay, Bill, I have a quiz for you. You do. Mm-hmm. Now, this literally, folks, <laughs> this is unscripted. I have no idea what she's going to say, which scares me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you the ingredient list of a popular food product, and you have to name it. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Sugar, corn syrup, confectioner's glaze, which is shellac. Salt, dextrose, gelatin, sesame oil, and artificial color. That's exactly what I had for breakfast. <laughs> well, you could have. Um, okay, I'm going to guess like uh, sugar-coated corn uh, cornflakes. Nope. 
Do you want to keep guessing or uh, you still want me to tell you? A waffle with, with uh, syrup on it. No. Okay, then I don't know. Okay, it's Brock's classic candy corn. Candy corn. Candy mm. corn. So healthy. And for you me. know, <laughs> Halloween was just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's so true. I thought okay. that I thought that was very timely. Well, okay. I haven't had candy corn in a long time. Don't think it'll you know, I think it'll still be a long time before <laughs> I have candy corn again. <laughs> right. Well, I assume you have other questions on your quiz as the uh, show goes on. I do. Yeah, I'm afraid so. I do. I was afraid of that. But uh, we've got a lot going on on uh, the Bill and Allison show today. Uh, we uh, stay with us. Yeah, stay. Yeah, because uh, well, actually, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> that's true, uh, but we do have a lot going on. Uh, a lot of stories to get to. Don't know if we'll get to them all, so I won't promise what we're going to talk about. But uh, uh, I think a lot of things in the news that you may not have heard. A uh, little. What we like to do is go to the news behind the news and find out. You know, why did this happen? Or uh, maybe find some things that uh, that you didn't know because uh, we spend a, a long time doing a lot of research on that. So. Uh, that's some, have some of the things that we do on this program, on the Bill and Allison Show, on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And c- coming up, we're going to talk about why do we have daylight savings time. All right. I know Harley was talking about that, but I know you mm-hmm. have a, a little mm-hmm. different twist on it. So we are Bill and Allison on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station, and we'll be back after a quick break. Take it away, Waylon. Well, I come from down round Tennessee, but the people in California were nice to me. A man really It don't matter where I may roam, tell you people that it's home sweet home. A And my brothers are all black and white, yellow too. And the red man is right to expect a little from you. Promise and then follow through, America. All the men who build the plains and who live through hardship and Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. On the Hill Country Patriot. Your information station, if you hadn't heard that before. And you can hear our show, reruns of our show, anytime. First couple of TexasRadio.com. You can download them to your favorite uh, digital device, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you enjoy getting an extra hour of sleep last week? 
Oh, actually, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, I have I have this problem though. Every, oh, I, it's really it's a bad problem. I forgot to go to the gym uh, this morning, and uh, you know, that's seven years in a row. <laughs> Okay, but just about everyone, including sleep doctors, agrees that this twice-a-year change to and from daylight savings time, DST, is annoying at best and incredibly disruptive at worst. Science tells us the time changes that harm humans, with studies showing a rise in health issues, car accidents, and even stock market losses in the weeks and days that follow. Have no, you know, have never you heard that? of that. Uh-uh. Neither did I. Just ran across this information. Hmm. And last year, the U.S. Senate voted unanimously to ditch the switch and have the country run on DST permanently. Uh, but its counterpart bill in the Senate stalled uh, the, in the House stalled out. And uh, earlier this year, Senator Marco Rubio reintroduced the bill, known as the Sunshine Protection Act, and he's been a longtime supporter of this measure. <laughs> claiming that the changing of clocks twice a year is stupid. I, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Nineteen states have passed legislation or resolutions to make daylight savings permanent if Congress agrees. Um, U.S. Now, wait a minute before, before we go on. There are some areas of the country. Well, that's... I'll you're going to get to that? I'll get to that, Bill. Okay, all right, all right. Don't, don't, See, you can don't, tell the show's not scripted. Don't jump in. <laughs> all right. Um the United States and other industrial nations instituted DST during World War One to conserve energy. Did you know that? Yes, actually. I did. Okay. Uh, the DST has support uh, outside the government also. Uh, many retailers say DST benefits them since sunnier evenings can boost after-work foot traffic, and the golf industry would stand to benefit. Um, other proponents of daylight savings point to evidence that brighter evenings could could lead to fewer pedestrian fatalities and less crime. And there's also proof that more evening sunlight could me- benefit mental health. A uh, study several years ago from uh, Denmark. Okay. <laughs> I lost my material. <laughs> oh, I thought you were calling Denmark. <laughs> okay, the study showed show that depressive episodes tend to be more common after the t- uh, clocks get turned back in the fall. But they found no change when clocks spring ahead in the spring. So why don't we stop changing the clocks? I'm not going to answer. You told me to shut up. <laughs> okay, I did. You're right. You're right. Okay, uh, the, the U.S. did try permanent daylight savings time, uh, but it didn't go well. Uh, <coughs> there was a national experiment in the year for year-round DST in 1974, um, but the U.S. quickly went back to the old way since many people were concerned about their kids going kids to... Kids at the bus stops, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, on, on dark winter mornings. Well, well, I have, I have a little argument about that. Okay, th- th- this was in 1974. If you have dr- ever driven by a school in the morning... Or, or, or be one of the people in the cars... A lot of our audience drives oh, that's kids true. to school. That's true. That's true. And when I first started noticing this, I thought, "What on earth is going going on?" There, there, there are cars lined up for several blocks, and I realized 
or okay, early in the morning, they're dropping their kids off. Mm-hmm. And in the afternoon, they're waiting to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And I get, granted, there's some kids who still ride buses, but um, it, yeah, you still it, see school it just appears yeah. to me that the vast majority, based on the number of cars, are not. So, so I, I really don't think that's an issue. Um, and also, um, okay, the energy saving benefits, uh, there's conflicting data. Um, but worst of all, DST messes with your sleep. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine advocates for making standard time permanent for earlier sunrises and sunsets instead. Now, I prefer, st- you know, having DST full time. That's but, pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, but, but <laughs> sleep specialists worry that switching to DST full time might disrupt people's circadian rhythm the standard 24-hour cycle on which the human body functions. But but you would think if you're on it full-time, your body would get used to it, wouldn't well, you? Well, yeah. I mean, we did <laughs> – I don't know if you said when we first put in daylight savings time. is World War II or something? World War One. World War One. Okay. So before that, there was no daylight savings time. Were people's circadian rhythms <laughs> – is <laughs> that well, an issue? Well, uh, well, the argument is that being on DST would affect oh. people's – Circadian oh, rhythm, okay. and they 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 were not. Um, okay. But uh, making DST permanent would mean dawn would arrive in Seattle at eight fifty seven, and in Indianapolis on nine oh at nine oh six. <laughs> making daylight savings time permanent would do this. Uh huh. Well, then right, right. people don't want that. So just don't move there. <laughs> what, what if you lived there? Okay, but but anyway, uh, many Americans already live in standard time. Uh, 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Hawaii, several U.S. Ter- territories, and most of Arizona have abandoned Arizona. daylight savings time. In th- Evansville, Indiana. I was just going to say, down in Indiana. Doesn't mention that. You know, like a very small, <coughs> small area of Indiana. Yeah, you, you're one of your bosses in Congress uh, was a congressman from mm-hmm. Evansville, so you know all about that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I used to. Well, I'm. this is Veterans Day, and... Uh, I just wanted, Allison, I want to talk about a little aspect of it that relates to Veterans Day. By the way, coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, letting you know about Hill Country Veterans Day events. So that'll be coming up in the Bill and Allison show in a bit. But, um, you know, we have millions of illegal immigrants. It's no news to anybody uh, coming in the borders, the open borders. And uh, did you know that each one gets a swag bag, Allison? No. Swag bag with a cell phone, debit cards, and a trip anywhere they want to go in the United States. Wow. Did I mention they're illegal? Yeah. Are tax dollars going for this? So what? And what is it with free cell phones? Is that why these people walk thousands of miles to get to the United States to get a free phone? Yeah. You know, they... They should have been sent back to their country of origin. Instead, they get free housing. They get a job that an American doesn't get. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's look at another group of people who are not getting a swag bag with a cell phone and debit cards and free housing in fancy hotels paid for by our tax dollars uh, and a trip anywhere they want to go in the United States. There are 68,000 estimated homeless veterans in America over one million living in poverty. 
These men and women volunteered to enter the military, fulfilled their obligations. They are American citizens, and they were kicked to the curb. The U.S. government feels no responsibility to help these vets get on their feet and enjoy the fruits of the country they swore to protect. We lose 44 veterans per day to suicide. That's over 16,000 veterans per year who see death as a better fate than living as a veteran in America. It's a national travesty. It's an embarrassment, but very few people even talk about it. So I say, Allison says, before another dime is spent on a free cell phone for an illegal alien, we should invest in our veterans. There should be no veterans sleeping on a sidewalk or under a bridge. They should be trained for any job a left-wing city wants to give to an illegal. Veterans wore the uniform of this country. They took an oath to die for her if necessary. They deserve a second chance, not those whose most significant accomplishment was waiting across the Rio Grande. <laughs> well, just before that, you, you talked about uh, the federal money who was going, it's going to uh, these illegals. Uh, did you know that uh, during the past three fiscal years, uh, from October 2020 to September 23, $4.1 billion in federal money, your tax dollars, has gone to LGBTQXYZ initiatives in the United States and around the world. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. During that time, our federal government issued more than 1,100 grants to fund LGBT promoting projects <coughs> around the world. And the uh, scope of the projects varies widely. Uh, plans to create a safe space for LGBTQ youth and adults to seek support and resources. Earned a $1.8 million grant from the U.S. government in 2022 for the LGBT Life Center in Norfolk, Virginia. A proposal for encouraging diversity, equity, and inclusion in Serbia's workplaces and business communities by promoting economic empowerment and opportunity for LGBTQI plus people in Serbia. Our government gave a Serbian activist group a t- grant of $500,000. An Armenian activist group, the Pink Human Rights Defender, received $1 million to empower the LGBTQI community in Armenia, which is a tiny country next to Turkey. Um, so anyway, the, the payouts included uh, 1,181 grants, 31 loans, and nine direct payments during the past three fiscal years. Um, government grants uh, may be direct payments to groups that are unrestricted uh, or for a specific use. Uh, f- federal loans can be repaid over long periods of time at low interest rates. And this is all going to the LGBT blah, blah, blah. Yeah. movement yeah our it, tax dollars going overseas not only in the united states yes. but overseas well exactly exactly mm-hmm. and also while we're ta- talking about that um uh, governor newsom of california has signed a bill requiring foster parents to affirm lgbtq identities foster parents foster parents otherwise you cannot okay. foster a child mm-hmm. that's correct exactly even though there's a lot of kids who need foster care, mm-hmm. uh, they won't do it unless you affirm a five-year-old saying that I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Okay, here, here's another project, uh, $350,000 from the National Endowment for the Humanities. Again, our tax dollars. Mm-hmm, to translate the homosaurus, a thorus of LGBT terms, into Spanish. The homosaurus website includes definitions for sexual, sexual terms such as anonymous sex, aromatic porn films, pederasts, children's sexuality, and gay children. Mm. Uh, the homosaurus has reclassified as fetishes the words, oh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what they are. Um, no. Anyway. We're talking about tax dollars and all. Did you know it's, it's military policy now? If you say you are transgender and you're waiting for mutilation surgery, you don't have to get medical physicals. If you're in the military, you're exempt from medical physicals if you say you are trans and waiting for surgery or undergoing surgery. Well, that's... Well, okay. Just, just one more thing. Our federal government is pursuing this policy for cultural revolution. They're, they're trying to change our country. Uh, the U.S. Department of Education gave $1.2 million to LGBTQIA plus pride centers in the San Diego Community College District. And another DOE grant of almost $1.6 million was awarded for North Dakota's indigenous LGBTQIA plus rural and undeserved, underserved school-based medical needs. Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it certainly is depressing is what it is. But uh, something that's not depressing, at least to Bill and Allison, is President Trump in a CNN poll, and they, could, they couldn't spin this, so they, they had to do it real. We're going to tell you, when we come back from the, from the short break, uh, what the CNN poll showed with Donald Trump versus Joe Biden among blacks and Hispanic men. You may be a little surprised at this. We'll be back momentarily, and here is the official state song of Texas. Withstanding every test, oh, empire wide and glorious, you stand supremely blessed. Texas, oh, Texas, your freeborn single star. Sends out its radiance to nations near and far. Emblem of freedom, it sets our hearts aglow with thoughts of San Jacinto and glorious Alamo. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong, that you may grow in power and work throughout the ages long. God bless you, Texas, and keep you brave and strong. That you may grow in power and worth throughout the ages long. Texas. Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison. Indeed, we are. And Bill promised to tell you about a uh, poll. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is astounding. You know, the Democrat Party, if, if they don't get a vast majority of uh, the black vote, uh, they're toast uh, in the presidential election. It's just uh, a fact. Uh, well, a CNN poll, and CNN, I'm sure, tried their best to hide this, <laughs> spin it, whatever, but uh, they couldn't do it. 
President Trump leads President Biden among men of color voters. And uh, Van Jones, who is a black CNN commentator, said this is, quote, shocking, shocking, the black male, that's a stunner. Uh, so here, here's the poll. 49% of self-styled men of color, blacks and Hispanics, supported Trump, uh, the poll found. And why aren't, why aren't Asians called people of color? They don't, they don't do that when the government lumps people together like that. Because and this report says it's it's blacks and Hispanics. Huh. So I guess they're not colored or, enough. Or your people. They don't have enough color. <laughs> or your people. Yeah, I, I guess maybe because Asians are red li- li- lighter colored. Okay. Anyway, that's an aside. Forty-nine percent of men of color supported Trump. The poll found just forty-six percent backed Biden, and it showed a stark contrast. Okay, among black men in the last presidential election. 87% supported Biden. Now, that's cut in half, 46%, just about in half. Uh, among Hispanic voters, they favor... Uh, I've lost my place here. Uh, okay. They favor Trump as well. 57% last time voted for Biden... And now the majority are supporting Trump. This is astounding. I mean, considering what Trump has been up against in the, you know, the news media, uh, the uh, weaponized Depar- Department of Justice, Federal Department of Justice going after him, uh, the uh, SWAT raid on Mar-a-Lago, uh, the indictments, uh, the, the, the viciousness of the news media. I mean, it would go on and on and on. What this man is enduring to have numbers like poll numbers like this is astounding. Astounding. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, I ran across a story that outraged me, and I suspect we'll, we'll, you will agree with my assessment. Um, House Republicans are urging President Joe Biden's Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to reject reported plans that would see United States airports transformed into migrant camps for tens of thousands of illegal aliens. These Republicans are asking Buttigieg, Mayor Mayor Pete, to drop plans in which the Department of Homeland Security has proposed housing 60,000 migrants at four public airports and various other facilities in New York and New Jersey. Uh, They write, uh, these airports and their communities rightfully fear being transformed into larger versions of Chicago Chicago, uh, O'Hare International Airport, which has reportedly converted portions of its terminal into a shelter for hundreds of immigrants. And oh, we've, we've seen the videos of it. Yeah, it's, it's oh, exactly. You go exactly. to O'Hare Airport and all these people are sleeping on the floor. And yeah, and and the, the, the letter from the congressman goes on to say, we're extremely concerned about the lack of regard for security risks posed by housing thousands of unknown persons of airport, and many airports host sensitive military f- facilities. Mm. Um, and uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, started housing more than 400 border crossers and illegal aliens at Chicago O'Hare Airport. 
uh, in what a reporter called a scene from the dystopian film Mad Max. And um, House Republicans tell Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, they are deeply disturbed that the Biden administration is allowing for and encouraging... Deeply disturbed. Yeah, yeah, really, really. uh, Allowing for and encouraging the use of our nation's airport infrastructure as temporary shelters for illegal immigrants. Yeah, Republicans are great at at talking and complaining and and being deeply disturbed at this terrible situation. Yeah. But what do they do about it? Yeah. I mean, they're running their house. What do they do about it? Well, they sent a letter. They sent a letter. A strongly worded letter? To Mayor Pete. A strongly worded letter. I hope there were some strong words in that letter. Yeah, they that they, they want um, Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, to disclose the number of U.S. airports currently housing border crossers and illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mayor Pete put that in the round file. Yeah, too. yeah, and uh, just to, as well, the Federal Aviation Administration has granted any requests to turn airports into migrant camps. And since uh, Biden took office, an estimated uh, silly. Six million border crossers and illegal aliens have been welcomed into the U.S., exceeding the populations of 31 states. Yep, yep. Well, I have a story, actually. We don't yep. have much time. But, no, we don't. Uh, and I don't know where it went. So it better be, better be a quickie. Yeah, well, it's around that subject. Uh, illegal aliens released in the U.S. are costing American taxpayers and the public hospitals that we help fund billions in unpaid medical bills every year, a report from the House Homeland Security Committee said. Uh, Texas is required to pay anywhere between 62 and $90 million per year to cover illegal aliens. Texas state hospitals spent... $1.03 billion on illegal aliens in uncompensated costs borne by Texas state hospitals providing care to illegal aliens. Um, oh, that's between uh, 06 and 08. And in, in 2023 dollars, that's $1.03 billion that hospitals in t- just in Texas had to do. So, Well, we're coming up uh, on a news break. We are Bill and Allison on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And when we come back, we have an exclusive interview. We did a short uh, tease, a little little preview uh, a couple of weeks ago. But this is a more in-depth interview with Kyle Mann, who is the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. That's coming up. And we've got Hill Country events, including Veterans Day events and, that you need to know about. This will all, all listen more at the end of our news break. So stay tuned to the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Welcome back.
Well, you know what that means. Mariah says, "'Tis the season." The untrademarked Queen of Christmas tweeted a video of herself being unthawed and belting out the first few notes of her iconic holiday song, the second, the second, October 31, switched to November 1, kicking off the yearly spike in Google searches for All I Want for Christmas is You. This unofficial uh, song of the holiday season was first released in 1994, and almost every year since, it has been back on the charts in the months leading up to Christmas. Last year, it was one of the 25 songs the Library of Congress chose to add to the National Recording Registry. (laughs) One sign your wife is going overboard on Christmas, she pressed play on All I Want for Christmas is You at 12.01 a.m. on November 1st, and she hasn't hit the pause button yet. That, of course... Is that you? <laughs> that, of course, is from our friends at the Babylon Bee. <laughs> now, in case you're not familiar with Babylon Bee, here are just a few of their satirical headlines. Neighbor announces plans to run leaf blower nonstop forever. <laughs> I'm sure everybody can relate to that. <laughs> uh, being against crime has been added to the list of things that are racist. Scientists. No, these war- are Babylon B headlines. Yes, satirical yes. headlines. Yes, yeah. Was, so scientists warn that within six months, humanity will run out of things to call racist. Exactly. Well, uh, somebody said very recently, I think very, uh, very intelligently, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There's a few more of their headlines. A white. 12-passenger van either belongs to a kidnapper or a nice Catholic family. <laughs> when when we lived in the Washington, D.C. area a few years ago, that there was a, a killer going around, oh. and that's exactly what he was driving. Uh, a study has found that 100% of men would eat any fruit given to them by a naked woman. <laughs> <laughs> what's the... What's the yeah, I won't go there. There's... <laughs> we we had the pleasure of interviewing um, Babylon Bee editor in chief Kyle Mann. Editor in chief of the Babylon Bee, and if you're not familiar with the Bee, you're missing out on half the fun of life and a lot of truth. Uh, we had the opportunity to sit down with Kyle the other day in Fort Worth and asked him. That was the uh, Babylon Bee live event, which over a thousand people attended. It was amazing. And we asked him to come back on the Bill and Allison show to continue our conversation. Kyle, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I feel like I, it was just yesterday we were hanging out at Be Live. <laughs> That's right, exactly right. We had a great time too. Everybody did. Uh, by the way, you're the editor of the editor in chief of the Babylon Bee. Do, do we call you Chief, or how do, how do you? What's your pronoun? Well, Chief is a bit of cultural appropriation nowadays, so. We try to avoid that to be sensitive to the indigenous uh, population. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm the editor in chief, so I, uh, I I I look at all I look at hundreds of bad jokes every day and try to pick out a few funny ones. There you go. Okay. okay. Well, uh, as far as pronouns, uh, you can call me Brandon. It's my preferred <laughs> pronoun. Um, 
Okay, how, how do you describe the Babylon Bee? Babylon Bee is a Christian news satire site. Um, so we write we write uh, fake news headlines that make a point. You know, it's the difference between fake news and satire. Satire satire has a point to make. It has something it's trying to say, something it's trying to criticize. So uh, that, that's what the Babylon Bee is. It's a Christian news satire site that publishes headlines based on everyday life, current events, politics, religion, you name it, and we've done articles about it. So we're kind of covering the news in, uh, you know, through a satirical lens. We're making up the news, but it's always parallel to something that's happening in the real world, and, and the goal is to make some kind of commentary on it. Why, why is it called the Babylon Bee? Well, the, the, we, we toyed around when we launched the site seven years ago. We toyed around with some other names that were a little more generic, you know, Christian news headlines and Christian reporter news or, you know, stuff like that. But um, ultimately, we landed on Babylon Bee. It's a lot more catchy. And um, Babylon is, you know, this where one of the places that Israel ended up in exile back in the Old Testament. And a lot of times, depending on, uh, on how things are going in our country, we can feel like we are in exile. So we, we thought the, uh, the uh, parallels there, that as the church, sometimes it feels like we are in exile in Babylon. And uh, so Babylon Bee is kind of dispatches from Babylon. And uh, the, the Bee is, was a nice, was a nice uh, sound, you know, it's Babylon Bee. And, uh, and it also, you know, it's the name of a newspaper like Sacramento Bee or whatever. And it's got a stinger, so that helps with this entire uh, angle. <laughs> What, what, what are you trying to accomplish? Um, what are Babylon B's goals? To try, try to take over the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, uh, I, I think the purpose of the Babylon B is to communicate truth. So it's to communicate truth to a post-truth culture, and it does that using humor. So those elements are kind of, everything we do kind of bends towards that. So, I mean, there are, you know, we kind of have this debate internally, like, should a comedy's website main, should the main goal of a comedy website be just to be funny, you know, or is there, is there a point and a purpose to it? So there's a little bit of truth to both. Like, we do think that there is value in humor and laughter just in itself. It's an end in itself. Uh, making people laugh is a God-given, um, is it, it, grace from God, and that's common grace that he gives all of us, that we have laughter to get us through dark times and to and to laugh at things that are silly, and I, I think that that is an important goal in itself. At the same time, the brand of satire we write, you know, always communicates the truth or, or, or mocks a bad idea. Um, so I think I think that is the main goal of what we do is is we try to use our humor to um, get a point across to this culture that you know rege- rejects a lot of basic common sense ideas now. And sometimes the only way to shake people awake is with a joke. Okay, that makes sense. We're talking with uh, Kyle Mann, the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. And uh, check out their website, babylonbee.com. That's B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-B-E-E, like the insect, dot com. Uh, Well, you mentioned satire. Has satire been used by uh, uh, Christian writers before? Well, uh, if you consider God a Christian writer, then yes. Because... uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, if you look at the prophets uh, throughout the Old Testament, there there was lots of harsh mockery and some, what some would consider satire in the, the word of the Lord that was handed down to prophets. Like um, when Isaiah is writing about idol uh, makers and idol worshippers, 
he uses the comparison. He makes this mockery where he says, um, you know, the people who go out and and, uh, and make idols go and chop a tree down and they burn half of it for firewood and they worship the other half. And he says, how do you know that you're not accidentally worshiping firewood and you didn't accidentally throw your god on the fire? You know, like mm. that. <laughs> There's some real mockery there. And, you know, Elijah does it to the prophets of Baal when he says... Uh, is, is your God on the toilet, or perhaps he's just wandering on a, uh, on a journey somewhere and he can't hear you? Um, so there's that kind of mockery. Jesus used mockery and satire. Um, famously, more recently, you know, C.S. Lewis used uh, satire in the Screw Tape Letters, which is kind of a classic that uh, it just skewers the way Christians are, uh, the way that we fall into sin and temptation. And that's a classic example of satire because. It does exactly what satire should do. It uses absurd, like an absurd situation, an absurd voice, to um, to help us really step back and identify and go, "Wow, that is how I act." You know, that is, my, my sin is folly, and it really is foolish when you look at it that way. <laughs> so that's one example. Um, that, you know, there's countless examples of of satire being used throughout church his, history in uh, fun and funny ways that really makes a point and communicates the truth. Well, do uh, do you find that some Christians are are offended, uh, particularly if uh, not, not the political part of it, but uh, some Christians are offended by the satire that you do of uh, some of the excesses of the modern church? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, satire will offend. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter what you're writing satire about. You all, you're always going to have somebody that gets offended. Um, and and our culture is obviously really sensitive about a lot of stuff. So. You know, we kind of know that going in, that people are going to be upset. But it, it's the nature of satire. Like, you, you are, you, satire can be pretty brutal. You know, you're, you're very much eviscerating a position or a belief or hypocrisy. And if someone sees themselves as the target of that satire, they're not going to take it, <laughs> take kindly to it. Um, especially if they don't have a sense of humor. You know, when, when I read a, a satire piece or, a, a, you know, a satirical video that's mocking me or my beliefs, I, I can laugh at it because I have that sense of humor, and that's what satire is supposed to do. Is it's supposed to make you laugh a little bit, and then it's supposed to make you think and go, "Huh, yeah, I guess that is true," you know. And then you can kind of apply any changes to your life that you should. But people that really don't have that sense of uh, humor about them aren't going to be able to do that, and instead they'll just uh, they'll just take offense to it. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Do Do you have a target audience? Um, our, you know, we we like kind of being this alternative satire site to the other satire and like Saturday Night Live and all the late night. Like they're really pandering to the liberals and it's like, that's fine. If you guys think that's funny, go ahead and watch that. But we, we like being that alternative that, uh, you know, people on the right tend to like our stuff because it's like, I mean, it's not that we don't make fun of conservatives. It's just that when we do, it's obvious that we understand conservatism, you know, it's being, it's being written from inside. And I think that makes it a lot more appealing to people on the right, um, compared with the kind of the really hateful satire of Christians and conservatives that you see on Saturday Night Live or in the Onion or whatever. Yeah. How many followers do the Babylon Bee have on the social media now? Oh, we, we've got millions across all the different platforms. I don't know all the specific numbers. I know Facebook has a, a couple million and Instagram has a couple million. Twitter has a couple million. So I add it all up, and there's probably a few million in there somewhere. <laughs> wow, wow, uh, that's pretty amazing uh, to to have that reach. I'll tell you, uh, that's uh, uh, since you're you know you're not advertising on major media and getting people to come. It's uh, 
it seems it's uh, just pretty much viral, isn't it? Organic. Yeah, yeah, no, that's how it's been from the beginning. You know, we didn't we didn't pay any kind of ad campaign, or we didn't have any big strategy when we launched the Babylon B seven years ago. It just went viral. You know, we yeah. just bought the web domain for fifty bucks and started started firing off articles, yeah. and it really hit, hit this niche. You know, it hit our audience perfectly, and they just started sharing it virally. So. Yeah, it's been pretty awesome to see how God has done that and, and then has just continued to grow to be year after year after year, above, mm-hmm. way above and beyond what we ever expected it to do. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite uh, reactions that the bee has had uh, to, to some of your stories from other people? Um, it's, it's been pretty wild. Uh, it, it, it's crazy when you see, you know, we'll, we'll write about a congressman or a senator and then, and then they'll share it on their page. You know, Ted Cruz has shared articles about him, and uh, Thomas Massey has shared articles about him, and uh, I think Rand Paul has as well. So it, it's just that's the that's the craziest stuff. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, shared some of our articles. So that, that's the that's the craziest part to us when you see the reach. You know, that it really is kind of a small group of writers, and we're just we're just you know pretty quiet guys, and we just like to tell jokes on the internet, and then all of a sudden. A battle on B article will be like it's getting read on the house floor, you know. <laughs> and it, it is so insane to see that. It's really eye opening and shocking and humbling to see the reach of the Babylon B that uh, goes way above what we ever thought it would. Again, we're talking with Kyle Mann, the editor in chief of the Babylon B, and he's kind enough to spend some time <laughs> with us and uh, go to their website. It's babylonb.com. That's B A B Y L O N. B E E dot com. T- tell us about the fact che- uh, the, the fact checking that you've been subject to, such as Snopes, CNN, etc. Oh yes, we've been fact checked since the very first year of the Babylon Bee's existence, and and we continue to be fact checked. Some of the earliest articles that we got fact checked on was like one where we said that um, Elevation Church out in North Carolina built a water slide baptismal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that got fact checked. And then the most absurd one probably was when we said that CNN uh, purchased an industrial sized washing machine to spin the news. <laughs> and uh, Snopes fact checked that one. So and no matter how absurd the article is, there's a fact check, you know. And it's concerning. It's funny on, on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's kind of concerning because they use that. The social media sites use those fact checks to then say, well, Obviously, the site is sharing uh, misinformation, so we're going to start downranking this site um, and and suppressing it so less people see it because uh, because obviously they're sharing misinformation. So it's it's this weird thing that you end up in where you just tell a joke, and yeah, maybe a few people think it's real, but it's really not a uh, it's not this massive misinformation crisis because some people thought a church had a water slide baptismal. Exactly. But they'll treat it like your Russian bots sharing fake news about the election or something, and they'll uh, and they start <laughs> Well, on that subject, uh, what are some of your uh, favorite headlines, some stories that uh, Babylon Bee has done, some of your personal favorites? One of my favorites was the one I said uh, during the pandemic. We said, we're all in this together. Um, and we had we had the celebrities spell out, we're all in this together with their yachts um, out in, like uh, off the coast of Malibu, and there was this great Photoshop to go along with it. It got fact-checked by Snopes, you know, <laughs> mm. everybody thought it was real, mm. and that was that was a fun one that we got to do. Um, I always like doing the little church jokes, you know, that's, that's some of my favorite kind of humor is to do the church humor, so those throughout the years have often been my favorites. 
Okay, um, Kyle, you're a best-selling author as well. Uh, tell us about your books. Yeah, so through the Babylon Bee, I've written some books like the Babylon, the Sacred Texts of the Babylon Bee, which is our kind of greatest hits, really elaborate coffee table book. Um, and then we have like the Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness, the Babylon Bee, the Babylon, the Babylon Bee Guide to Democracy, and then coming out this year, we have the Babylon Bee Guide to Gender. Um, and we also wrote a Christian book called How to Be a Perfect Christian that was a satirical book. And then uh, me and my managing editor, Joel Berry, wrote a um, separate thing, a novel called The Postmodern Pilgrim's Progress. It was kind of a modern-day retelling of The Pilgrim's Progress. That, that was excellent. I, I just finished it. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun writing that. Obviously, it's got a lot of the trademark Babylon Beach humor packaged in a more serious, uh, serious kind of narrative. Exactly. And I, I told Joel um, when, I, when I talked to him uh, the other day at the event that... Uh, I think C.S. Lewis would have been impressed by that book, and I'm sincerely. sincerely <laughs> well, that, that means a lot to me. I just read, uh, I just reread in the past week. I just reread *Mere Christianity*, *Street Letters*, and *The Great Divorce*. And oh, yeah. C.S. Lewis, obviously, it's a big influence on me. And, and oh yeah, yeah. I could see a lot of the uh, the bus trip to Greytown in that book too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I I hadn't read that since high school, so I think that was a subconscious influence. But when I read it, I, yeah, I saw the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Kyle, we can't let you go without asking you about the Babylon Bee's 2022 Man of the Year and the reactions to it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, so uh, we had the Man of the Year, Rachel Levine. Uh, <laughs> Admiral Rachel Levine was our 2022 Man of the Year. And, uh, you know, that joke got us banned from Twitter, which <laughs> may have been a factor in getting Twitter purchased by Elon. So <laughs> that was cra another crazy thing where we didn't really plan on making a big splash. We were just trying to tell a joke, mocking uh, kind of the absurdity that our culture has started to lean into with that craziness. And uh, and it turned into this big thing. You know, God, God did something with it and it started to turn the tide when it comes to social media and free speech. So that was pretty cool to see. Well, you guys, uh, too, I, I have to tell the audience, if they don't know, uh, Twitter gave you the opportunity to... Uh, uh, retract that, and you absolutely refused. Isn't that correct? Right, yeah, and to us, it wasn't this big moral stand. It was a, just kind of an obvious thing to us, like, yeah, we're not going to recant this joke. That's ridiculous. Um, we're, you know, we're, we, we can stand on uh, the fact that it was just stating a biological fact, mm -hmm. you know, and setting our beliefs aside. And it was ridiculous that they, they called us, you know, hateful bigots or whatever for... Yeah. For, uh, for that joke. So, yeah, it was just kind of this little small step of ordinary faithfulness. Like, let's just stand firm for our beliefs. And it was amazing. We didn't, we never expected that kind of outcome. We expected uh, just to not have our Twitter account ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, then Elon Musk, as you say, it, probably never know what an influence it was for Musk to, to buy Twitter. I'm sure Serp was part of that reason. And I understand uh, one of the first things, if not the first thing he said when he bought Twitter was, bring the Babylon Bee back. <laughs> yeah, that was apparently the first directive when he walked into the offices. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, that's terrific. That's terrific. Uh, you mentioned your books, and we need to wrap up. But again, we're with Kyle Mann, the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. BabylonBee.com, B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-B-E-E.com. Uh, where can people uh, get your books? Uh, Amazon has most of my books. Most any bookstore carries all of our Babylon Bee books, as well as uh, as well as the Postmodern Pilgrimage Progress. And you can also get them directly from us at shop.babylonbee.com. 
Okay, great. Well, Kyle Mann, editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee. Again, it's uh, been a great honor to, to have you on the Bill and Allison show. And thank you very much for joining thank us, Kyle. We'll announce this. We'll announce this. We look forward to, yes. we'll we look forward this. to uh, you guys doing uh, yeah. um, even better things in the future, and we'll certainly uh, be watching for that. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much. Now, the first couple of Texas Radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Welcome back. I have some more trivia for Bill. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the nickname of a sports rivalry or a rivalry rivalry match, and you have to name the two opponents that competed in it. The game. Now, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? It is a sports rivalry. Okay. Yeah. Or a rivalry match. Yeah, the game. That's any game. No, it's not. No, it's the um, okay. Maybe I should have put the emphasis on the. It's the game. The game. So the biggest game in world history, probably probably U.S. versus Russia in it's, the Olympics. It's played every single year. Oh, in I believe around Thanksgiving. I I grew up with it. Pickleball. <laughs> I grew up with it. Is that a, that's a hint? You grew up with it. Ohio. Ohio State versus Michigan State. Am I right? <laughs> you are oh, right. right. I had to weave into that, but I got it. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Allison grew up in Ohio. That's right. And uh, what's, what was... As, as, as a child, I would be lying in bed and, and hear the, the adults out singing, we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. <laughs> she. And, and I'm sure Michigan, and, Michiganders had a similar. Uh, oh well, oh, and, and and my cousins, it was my cousins and, and my, my my parents, and my co- my cousins, they were adults, they were my parents' age, um, that they lived in Michigan. <laughs> mm. well, we just he went to Ohio State. But. We just had a visitor who uh, very graciously brought us uh, some wonderful cinnamon buns. I, I can't, I'm just thinking I'm hungry. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, he told us about the First Christian Church's event coming up. Uh, actually, coming. It, it has started already. Uh, started at 9. Goes till 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, it's the Button and Bows Bazaar for 2023. And uh, there'll be handcrafted items, church cookbook, quilt drawing, windmill drawing, silent auction, bake sale, and more. Lunch is available for purchase. And veterans are honored with complimentary pastry and beverage. The proceeds will benefit local charities and church ministries. So that is going on right now until 2 o'clock this afternoon at the First Christian Church in Kerrville. And the address is 1900 Goat Creek Parkway in Kerrville. And it is free admission. Free admission. So uh, come on down there and... Benefit local charities and church ministries. Again, veterans are honored with complimentary pastry and beverage. So that's First Christian Church in Kerrville, 1900 Goat Creek Parkway, until 2 o'clock this afternoon. And thank you for the yes, Cinnabons. Yes, Cinnabons. They, buns. they look wonderful. They do. Okay, I'm going to go back to our, our trivia, which Bill is trying to avoid. Okay, I'm going to give you the nickname of, of sports hey, rivalry. I got the first one. Yes, you did. Well, only with lots of hints. Well, I still got it. <laughs> And you have to say what it is and uh, who plays in it. Okay. Red River Showdown. Red <laughs> River Showdown. Okay, this is a game that's played on the Red River, and it's a showdown game. <laughs> I okay. Have a okay. Clue. Do you have a clue for it's, me? 
No. No clues. Well, let's see. I don't know what it is. I'd have to give it away. Okay, give it away. It involves Texas. Well, I figured that. Okay. It's Texas versus Oklahoma in college football. Oh, so these are all state teams versus each other. No. No. No, the next one is not a state team. (sighs) Okay. The next one is Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, I know that one. That was um, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman in Zaire. Oh, very good. Thank you. Very good. And I didn't know this was coming. This no, coming. no, that's very good. I figured you might get that one, but I yeah. figured you wouldn't get the others. Yeah, well, I'm a big <laughs> boxing fan. Yeah. Or was. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I, well that's that's all with the, with the oh, questions okay. for you right now. I'll, I'll have more later, but okay. uh, a Texas woman was driving to a friend's house uh, when a me- metal spear hurtled through her windshield and lodged itself in her steering wheel. Police haven't yet found the person who threw it. Well, that reminds us of say, something similar that bizarre, ha- happened to us. Bizarre. I, I don't don't think you were in in the car when this happened. Driving an SUV. I don't remember. Driving an SUV in San Antonio on uh, sixteen oh four, and I'm behind uh, some kind of work truck, and all of a sudden I hear this, <laughs> and I had no idea what happened, and my car seems to my vehicle seems to be driving just fine. Well, when I get back to Kerrville, get home, I find on the grill, clamped to the grill of our SUV, is a channel lock pliers. They had flown off this truck that I was following, flew through the air, and clamped onto our to our uh, grill. <laughs> I, I, and we left them on there. We, we, took, we I thought still it was, have pictures. We thought it was really cool that it, that oh, yeah. it landed just the way it did, just the right way. It clamped I mean, down. If it had the, gone you know, through the window, it could have killed Bill. Yeah. But yeah, but instead, it landed knows. on the bumper, and and so we we left it there. Took pictures of us. Yeah. Like pictures. Yeah. And 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 we drove around with it for quite a while, and then somebody stole them. Yeah. <laughs> which really parked made, at a parking lot really, somewhere, and we came back out, and somebody had stolen the pliers, which really made us mad. Yeah. Did Did you know uh, economic woes? Are making a McBoom. You mean more people are Mc, going to McDonald's? McBoon. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the U.S., um, McDonald's has been gaining market share among middle and high-income customers who are cutting their spending by trading fancy meals for fast food. <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> me, wow. me, meanwhile, uh, people making less than $45,000 pulled back on Big Macs. Um, but the uh, offset or the, the decrease in traffic was offset by higher menu mm-hmm. prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we live in a Biden economy, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I was just reading, and I forget where it is. I, I think it's someplace in the West. Um, a I <laughs> no, that uh, that you know that that does bring bring up a sub a, kind of a sore subject, I guess you say. But uh, it does bring up a a subject. Uh, I don't know. We can we can talk about getting older and things like that. Um, for example, uh, I like to make lists for the grocery store. Uh, you know, I also like to leave them lying on the kitchen counter and then guess what's on the list when I'm at the store. Yeah. Uh, so you know, th- things you know, things like this, like you drop something on the floor, and you used to just bend down and pick it up, and now I look at it and say. Do I really need that? So the, those are the some of the kids. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the things that uh, maybe getting older you learn. For example, apparently RSVPing to a wedding invitation with 
maybe next time is not the correct response. <laughs> so things like that. I mean, you just gotta 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 learn. Well, born this week in 1942 was Johnny Rivers, and he's still alive. Uh, his repertoire includes pop, folk, blues, and old-time rock and roll. He had a string of huge hits, among them Memphis, Mountain of Love, The Seventh Son, Secret Agent Man. Agent, not Asian. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a bad title for a show. Poor Side of Town, Baby, I Need Your Lovin'. And Summer Rain. Now, here's my personal favorite Johnny Rivers song. I didn't ask you, Allison, but this is my personal favorite Johnny Rivers song. It has a profound lesson. So, in honor of Johnny Rivers' birthday, it's called The Snake. And uh, it was kind of revived by Donald Trump. He played it at all his rallies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people think the reason he played it is that uh, he's talking about Hillary Clinton. Uh, but I learned uh, early on when first this Johnny Rivers song first came out, The Snake. I thought this was one of the best, um, what's the word I want, verses, uh, lyrics. One of the best lyrics I've ever heard because it's got a profound message. And so you need to listen carefully to the words. Listen to the words, the snake. Here it is, written by Oscar Brown. Give him credit. Uh, this is Johnny Rivers, The Snake. Listen carefully to the words.
Johnny Rivers. Happy birthday, Johnny Rivers. Happy 82nd birthday. That's the snake. And we played the whole thing for you because such interesting lyrics. A lot to learn. Mm -hmm. You take me in, pretty woman. Take me in. And then the snake bites the woman who had compassion. And the snake says, lady, you knew I was a snake before you took me in. A lot of application for that. Just mm-hmm. think about it. Well, exactly, exactly. So, so I hope you listen to the words. Mm-hmm. What you got, Allison? Well, people always have questions about how to store produce. And I have a list here. Uh, items you should refrigerate are berries, carrots, broccoli, figs, mushrooms, leafy greens, grapes, and apples. Now, we oftentimes leave our apples out in a little basket, yeah, and a lot of people do, just to remind us that they're there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they say do refrigerate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the category of don't refrigerate, potatoes, mangoes, tomatoes, citrus, eggplant, banana, avocado, and squash. Mm-hmm. And I, I disagree with a couple of those. Potatoes, um, I've always uh, refrigerated potatoes and then i read that you shouldn't so i i took you know i stopped putting them in and they they um sprouted yeah they sprouted and they got all soft and wrinkly Mm -hmm. and they didn't last half the time that the refrigerated potatoes did and because you cook them uh it's not like you taste you know it's not like that you're eating them fresh like tomatoes um you know tomatoes i i understand because they like lose their flavor when you refrigerate them um and citrus i i don't just i don't agree with we we always um refrigerate our citrus and also eggplants i, I don't understand that hmm. we don't eat much eggplant though i know we don't, so we don't have much eggplant i like i like fried eggplant though yeah had some good ones at a restaurant recently yeah where was that uh it was the purple garlic in san antonio Ooh. they had the best eggplant fried eggplant oh, i've ever had Oh, it was eggplant parmesan. Eggplant parmesan, rather. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and we're going we're going there for dinner tonight. <laughs> yes, we are. If you go to the purple garlic in San Antonio, you may see us there. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, time flies like an arrow, Allison. And fruit flies like a banana. Speaking of fruit. So we'll chew on that one for a while. We are Bill and Allison. We're here every Saturday morning from nine. To ten to nine or eight to <laughs> ten or something like eight, that. Eight to ten. <laughs> Thank you. Eight to ten. Our uh, website is firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. And if you're interested in real estate finance and real estate investment, go to papersourceonline.com, which is one of our businesses. Well, remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Thanks for joining us.